0: Welcome to God'splaining, contemplative preachers, contemporary age. Each week, join the Dominican Friars as they consider all things Catholic.
1: Welcome to God'splaining. Uh, it's great to have you listening with us today. I am Father Joseph Anthony Cress, and today I am joined by Father Jacob. Bertrand Jansik OP, of course, but uh, <laughs> Father Jacob Bertrand, uh, how, how is your day going today? What's happening with you?
2: Uh, things are good. Um, I don't know, I can't remember this, is like you know, breaking the third wall here. I don't remember oh. when this episode actually airs, but today we're recording I have a vocation weekend this weekend, so our first of the spring semester, which is great. Um, to have men come spend a weekend at the House of Studies, get to I guess sort of see our life, spend a weekend with us, enter into our sort of the rhythm of life, prayer meals, rec. Um, they have a handful of talks on Dominican life, get to chat and hang out with some of the with the student brothers and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it's exciting. We um we have two in the fall, two in the spring, so this is semesters at least. So this is the first uh in of the spring semester and then another in April. But uh yeah, so kind of vocation packed weekend, which is yeah, which is nice. It's fun. So what about yourself? And, and by yeah, by
1: rec, you mean recreation, not like rec, like W-R-E-C-K. Like That's correct. Yeah, by the Lord. Which also is part of our hope and prayers that the Lord Could just happen. wrecks their hearts and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, all that fun stuff. Yeah. But a little uh, inside Dominican slang for you. Rec refers to recreation. Uh, but everything's, everything's good. So uh, for our listeners, yes, whenever this airs, uh, shoot up a few prayers for those men discerning vocations and those men that have to Essentially, I have to work with Father Jacob Bertrand through all of this fun stuff. (laughs) Hilarious. (laughs) I know. But um, I'm happy that we're talking about that um, because it it kind of, at least in my eyes, it jumps into what we want to speak about today on today's episode. And um, how when you begin to take your spiritual life seriously and there's all these things that uh, begin to kind of get thrown into the chaos of the mix of it all. But there are also some things that can destroy us. And I think we, we titled this episode spiritual suicide. So those things that we do that will just destroy any, uh, growth in the spiritual life and, uh, for many, uh, for many, it, it happens at different stages along the way. And so, um, Father Jacob Bertrand, what is it about, um, the spiritual life that kind of leads us prone to some of these actions? Um, and w- w- how can those be present in our spiritual life? No matter what stage we're in, um.
2: yeah, I think you know the spiritual suicide. We were, I was, we were tossing around the idea of spiritual pitfalls. Maybe that's a little nicer, but um, pitfalls like that word kind of uh, what it, it it kind of uh, betrays a sort of accident. Like, oh, I fell into this. Mm. You know, it wasn't my, you know, I wasn't <laughs> the one doing it. So it just kind of I kind of I was tricked or like I didn't notice or that sort of thing. But I think the suicide I've might been be
1: bamboozled.
2: Yeah, su- suicide might be a, a little aggressive, but I think it kind of it, it gets at the point a little bit better because, as you yeah. were saying, as as we begin to take our spiritual life, our relationship with Christ a bit more seriously, or as we continue to do that, sometimes we can be our own worst enemy. Like we can be the one kind of you know um, mm-hmm. what, getting in our own way, shooting ourselves in the foot, um, and that's just that's I mean that's not an uncommon thing i think we are often in our own way so it's not a sort of like finger wagging you're ruining your life in any chance of holiness type thing but a but more of a way or at least what we're hoping is more to present some things to sort of take a little bit of an inventory like am i doing these things or am i on the lookout for these things and i think from my time brief at least more brief than father joseph Anthony's, but my time on um in campus ministry and college campus ministry for my time in the vocation office father uh, Joseph Anthony's time in um, campus ministry at the University of Virginia and just general kind of priestly ministry, We, I think these are things we come up or that, that come up a lot. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk through a few, but um, I, just by way of example, you know, like the issues of comparison and envy or like whether I'm over or under committing or over spiritualizing, these sort of things um, are, yeah, important to consider, uh, to to sort of use as a I don't know, kind of an examination of, uh, not of conscience, but along those same lines. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that there's a definite
1: risk or at least attraction to um, get complacent and, and be comfortable in, in the spiritual life. And what I mean by that is the complacency to know that we are sinners, and, and there, there's nothing that we can get around that. We all know we are each other, we all know we are sinners. We all know that uh, we have frailty, human frailty. We have a fallen human nature. We have concupiscence. We have an attraction towards sin, but I think there's a certain aspect of that knowledge of that reality then says, well, I guess that, that thing is always going to be in my life. And then you just get complacent with it and you don't realize like how destructive that aspect of, of uh, the spiritual life really is. And you just kind of fall back, and so there's this like weird, I think, tem- tendency towards complacency, or maybe even just comfortability with some really major issues that uh, provide a, a barrier, or maybe even uh, truly destroy a, a growth in our spiritual life. So uh, we're going to get into that a, a little bit today, but it's it's uh, pointing out some of these issues and kind of how how important and how um, how large of an impact they have uh, when we don't truly um, kind of undermine them and we don't intentionally try to root them out so that we can have the freedom to uh, be be followers of our Lord united to Him uh, in both soul and body and all that we do. So with that kind of understanding, then let's just jump into some of the things to avoid, some of the things that are these kind of, you know, death blows or at least body blows to our, our spiritual life that really kind of paralyze our inhibit us. So uh, kick us off of like, what, what's one of the ones that you see on a regular basis?
2: Yeah, I, I mentioned it. I think I did. I, I mentioned a few. I don't remember if I mentioned it now. I shouldn't have said that, but maybe I did. Um, the the first or one that constantly sticks out as something that I hear, um, something that, you know, mm-hmm. even it's not just, you know, I'm not immune to it either, but is is this sort of game of envy or comparison? Whether it's with respect to things spiritual or other, you know, like even good worldly successes or that sort of thing. But the game of of trying to use other people um, from what you observe as the metric for your own sort of success, progress, whatever that might be. And what what is often, or what the root of the problem here is that, like, we only get to see, at least with respect to other people, sort of like the tip of the iceberg of what's going on. You know, you may see somebody who's super successful in one area, or like, well-dressed and good-looking, but like, you don't know, like, the whole what else is going on in their life, or it look, might look like somebody is sort of really spiritually spiritually with it, and but like, you just don't know, right? But so, what I think the problem is here is, is is twofold: is one, in falling into this sort of comparison thing, is that we begin to set up the metrics of what mm. success or holiness mm-hmm. or progress look like. Like we begin to establish what it means to be holy, um, and that's not ours to establish. You know, our Lord invites us into um, into this in, into holiness into His own life. They're not ours to set up. So that's that's the first thing. And then the second thing is that um, in, in establishing those parameters is we either create them so as to, um, you know, win or lose. So we either use them to beat ourselves up by saying, I'm not doing good mm-hmm. enough, which is like sidestepping reality, or we create mm-hmm. them so as to win, you know, I'm better than that person, <laughs> which is also sidestepping reality. And that's the fundamental thing here. It's like, we as Christians are called to live in reality, um, to receive mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. grace where we need it and to pursue our Lord. But this comparison thing, even in little ways, it's 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 something that creeps in and um, ultimately takes our eyes off pursuing Christ because we're looking at, we're trying to see Christ yes. through others, and yes. not in that good way of Christ shining through others, but putting people as obstacles to seeing Christ. So I think comparison, we're all there in some ways, but it's it's p- particularly insidious in those ways. I don't know if you've that, encountered that in yeah. that way.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's all over the place. And, you know, I I, I work here at the, in the campus ministry at the University of Virginia, which is a top-tier university in the United States. Uh, and the students that attend here are very accomplished, very brilliant, very smart students. But they are just bitten with the, the venom of comparison. And I mean, we, we see this early on in in the high school years, and trying to make sure that you're applying to all the best schools. And which schools are you being um, accepted into, and, and all these other things. And then when you get there, you have to hit at a certain level. You got to be a part of so many different uh, organizations and clubs, and you have to have you know uh, positions and executive seats within those things. And it's all about trying to live in a different reality, right? Whether that's living in the future or living in some other reality of, of other things. And you used a kind of a phrase where you were like, it's about, like, it takes our eyes off the Lord. And there's something like really insidious about comparison is that it becomes obsessed with everybody on the outside of you, but not as themselves. W- only in reference, and how does that reflect on me? How does that make me look? And so it's it kind of creates this like closed loop of selfishness. Because as you look at everybody else, it's only with reference to you. And it becomes everything the world, every other relationship, networking, uh, academic, social, personal, and dare we even say spiritual, is about me. And so when we talk about comparison, it's, it's about um, resetting our orientation, our vision back on the Lord and what he's asking of us and, and allowing us to uh, keep our eyes set on him. And thus allowing ourselves to live in this reality and not any other kind of um, fantasy or maybe in the future or things, but it allows us to live in this reality in the here and now, um, which which allows us like real holiness and real growth, um, but also gives us real freedom. And I think that's something that we see constantly in the Gospels, how the Lord frees those from their bondage of uh, demons or frees those from their bondage of their past, frees those from the bondage of their future. He just gives freedom, and comparison can be a type of bondage in that sense so um okay let's let's move on to another uh another thing to avoid another thing that uh has major ramifications in our spiritual life
2: yeah I think um here often or sometimes perhaps I don't know probably not rightly, but uh the church is accused of being kind of like obsessed with with sex and with chastity and all of that, and it's I think I usually my response to that is well, the church only comments on sex and and chastity and purity because the world is actually so obsessed with it. the church is is sort of a commentator on things you know she doesn't provide- put forth usually like teachings or these or doctrines or moral instruction unless there's a need for it, you know it's mm-hmm. a responsive kind of thing so um So perhaps the church talks a lot about chastity um but the world is also hyper sexualized and obsessed with sex oh so fine so that but that 's the that 's the other another big thing that I think with comparison chastity purity are are two really big things, and they take away again in the same way our focus from the Lord and put it on this time often on our on ourselves and self gratification and self pleasure and I don't think I need to say a ton about like why you know why we're called to chastity or the problems here, but for like making one point that's relevant here is that is that in in being called to live a life with our Lord and to to live a life of charity with Him, where as we know we're called to love God and neighbor, we're also called to live a life of charity with our neighbor. Um, the anything any sort of instrumental instrumentalization. Of a person or objectification of a person for personal self gain whether that's pleasure or advancement in the workplace you know creating somebody into an object to be used is mm-hmm. is really is is disastrous for you but also for that other person so this is the real issue or one of the real issues with chastity is that we'd be we objectify people for sexual pleasure. Um, pleasure that we know is reserved, is a good thing, but reserved for the marital state um, to be shared and, and treasured between a husband and wife. Um, so it's, and just with phones and and the internet and pornography and whatever, movies and TV and all that, it's just a constant b- bombardment. So we have to be on guard um, as to what we open our hearts and our minds and You know what we're looking at and that sort of stuff because it does affect us it does shape who we are and how we think Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah i mean this speaks
1: to the the unity of the body and soul as a human person you know so when we when there's a lack of physical chastity then that's going to have a stumbling blocks for uh you know spiritual growth because there's this you know uh inability to properly engage in a in a physical relationship um or that it's, it's disordered in some capacity. So that's going to, that kind of physical disorder is going to be felt in a spiritual way as well. Um, and this is something that I, I think I was kind of making reference to, but you see this a lot with other people. It's like, oh, they can, you know, truly make growth. Um, but they don't necessarily have to root out, uh, you know, bad sexual habits with respect to their spiritual life. And it's, it's hard, you know, because. We know that we can grow constantly uh, closer to our Lord, but this is something that truly provides a huge barrier. And with the rise of uh, pornography addiction and those types of issues, it it does have a huge impact on one's spiritual life. So um, on that happy note, I I think we're going to take a break right now. So uh, stay with us. We will be right back for uh, the next half of our discussion today.
0: You are listening to Godsplaining. Visit us at godsplaining.org to listen to our episodes, shop our store, and donate to our podcast. All gifts go to improving the podcast and bringing the gospel to more listeners. Thanks for your support.
1: Welcome back. Uh, thank you for listening to Godsplaining. I am Father Joseph Anthony Kress, and I'm joined with Father Jacob Burchin as we are discussing the... Um, Things that tend to be spiritual suicide for our growth in the spiritual life and our growth in our relationship with G- with our Lord Jesus. And we had uh, a few examples of things to avoid in the first segment, and we're going to continue that discussion before we jump on to um, ways to or th- things to rely upon as we grow in the spiritual life. So, Father Jacob Bertrand, um, building upon what we talked about in that first segment, what is another aspect or what is something else to avoid um, in our spiritual life? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, we, we talked about comparison and, and chastity or purity in, in both of those. Father Joseph Anthony and I mentioned uh the having like it's about having our sights properly set on the Lord, you know, and not on um comparing with others or looking at others in objective kind of ways. Uh, uh, but here's a little I think a different one here, and this is, has to do with com- <laughs> our commitment to things, um mm-hmm. overcommitting or under committing. Often when we want to refresh or renew our spiritual life, it's treated as sort of like a, a New Year's resolution where it's like, I'm going to do these seven things and I'm just going to do them and they're going to be transformative and it's going to be great. Um, maybe it will, uh, maybe it won't, probably won't. Um, so, and like, like with anything, we're, <laughs> we're creatures of habit um, and we need to become habitualized. We need to become the, the things of the spiritual life, of the prayer, of our prayer life, Need to become kind of things that we get used to. We need to kind of step in um, mm-hmm. gently. So, like, by way of example, without you know, beating beating a dead horse here, the if, if you've never made a holy hour before, um, saying, Well, I'm gonna make a holy hour every day for the rest of my life now, it's like, Well, probably not. It'll go well for like two days or a week, maybe, maybe a little longer, but um, it becomes very, very difficult. And there's um, it's much better to take a slow step in 10 15 minutes a day and, and build up to that holy mm-hmm. hour, a custom. Custom, accustom yourself. Get used to spending time in silence and prayer before the Blessed Mm -hmm. Sacrament, um, so that it becomes part of who you are, part of what you do, part of your routine every day, or however often you do it. um, Which then becomes much harder. Those sort of habits become much harder to lose when they become ingrained. The other side of that is undercommitting of of of, you know not being kind of zealous or ambitious or or whatever you know and, and sort of not giving the time that's needed to living the sacramental life and a prayer life and and learning about the faith and thinking, that oh, it'll just happen or something like that. So I think the virtue is always the mean, finding that middle, that middle ground between reasonable expectations and things that you can pursue. Ultimately, it's about what Christ is doing in your life, not about what you're doing. So it's about being present and being present as best as we can. Yeah, this is something that we'll definitely come come to in the
1: very final uh, things that we talk about. But at the end of the day, this isn't about what we do; it's about the grace of God and how much He loves us. And when it comes to that uh, aspect of overcommitting or undercommitting, it's um I I see it all, uh, often in you know the the that desire to do if somebody is like kind of falling away from their faith or they, they were doing really well and then they kind of like slid down the hill and they're like lost, you know, all of their spiritual habits and things, they are like, Oh, I need to get it back together. I need to get it back together. I'm going to do all the things I used to do. I want to do a holy hour, a rosary mass every day. And it's like, Oh, you are not there. Like where you once were at your best. That's not where you, you can't immediately draw that. You have to slowly step back into it. Right. Um, and that's good zeal, but there's also that we see it on the kind of under-commitment side. And this is where all of this stuff kind of plays in together. This is where comparison comes into play a lot. And like, oh, I need to get to a certain level first before I can seriously take my uh, spiritual life seriously. I need to do X, Y, and C first. I have to do all these prerequisites before I can be serious. And I'll do that tomorrow, I'll start that tomorrow, or next week, or on that feast day. Um, and that's never the reality, because the Lord wants to start right where where we are, when we are, and just begin there, and just take one step fu- further. So that kind of dynamic of overcommitting of or undercommitting, both of those extremes are, are just treacherous both of those extremes are horrible places to be and it's not a stable place of growth and it's not a stable place of freedom either
2: yeah and if you think of it in terms or often like the spiritual life is compared to like and you're an athlete you know saint paul uses this analogy and it's it's a really excellent analogy because you can think in terms of like of running or something like that like you can't if if you even as father Joseph Manley was saying if you used to be in this sort of shape and you could go out and run you know, you, you ran a marathon before, but you haven't run in a long time, you can't go out tomorrow and run a marathon. Doesn't mean you can't do it eventually, but there needs, you know, ease back into it, take that time, build those, build those muscles, build those habits, build those like sleep and diet and all that. It's the same, the same, similar kind of mentality to have in the spiritual life. But at the same time, the other side, you can't say, well, I'll work out twice a week, and then two weeks, I can run a marathon. It's like that under commitment also can't be there. So it's finding that balance. But I think that analogy of, like sports or like musical instruments or those sort of things is 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 helpful. The last thing I'll say on overcommitment, undercommitment, before we continue
1: on is please, please, please be very concrete with what your plan is. If you want to pray more, don't just say I need to pray more. Say I'm going to read a, the chapter of the gospel a day, or I'm going to pray a rosary, or I have 15 minutes. Like be as clear, direct, and concrete as possible because that's where you'll lose all uh, energy, all motivation if you're just like I know I need to pray more so I'm going to do this very extreme level of prayer but not actually have intentionality of what that actually looks like, you know. So,
2: um okay. What else we got? What else? Yeah, I think two more things come to mind. We'll take them in order at least here, but I guess maybe more briefly cuz I think the first these first three, comparison, purity, chastity and commitment are really like essential, you Big. know. Um, but these, these last two, one is over spiritualizing and the second is screen. So we'll talk about those in that order, but over spiritualizing. What I mean by that is that everything that happens is not a sign from God. Um, every, or (laughs) full stop, you know, having a bad couple days of prayer or, you know, whatever does not Uh mean that you are in some spiritual desolation. It's not the end of the world. It's just like human beings are fickle. Sometimes, sometimes we're in a good mood and that's going to reflect in our prayer and sometimes we're in yeah. a bad mood, or sometimes life is good, and sometimes life is bad, and that's going to reflect in our pr- reflect in our prayer, and that's okay. Um, the, the sort of like uh, I think one of one of the professors here, one of the fathers here at the House of Studies, used the example of the spiritual life being like like riding the waves of like an ocean. Um, like we're on the top of the water, and the waves are up and down, up and down but underneath the ocean is really tranquil like you don't feel the waves if you dive down a little bit and we're we're going to be on the surface it's going to be up and down up and down but the workings yeah. of grace are there um and they're not dependent on like the waves being the water being calm or the water being rough or that kind of thing it's um what what's really happening is not is not dependent on our mm-hmm. kind of reaction to it and everything is not everything is not a sort of like sign or thing to be interpreted or, or, or that sort of thing, you know, I mean, sometimes they are, but yeah. it's not always as kind of extreme, um, in those ways. So I would just say, be careful about over-spiritualizing every movement or every moment of our, mm-hmm. of our lives. Now, I went to Francis
1: University of Steubenville, you know, had a great four years in my undergrad there, very influential, but I do remember being surrounded by a lot of peers there that would over-spiritualize everything. And I'd be like sitting in the uh in the line in the um you know food court and be like, Hey, what do what are you getting for lunch? Like, I don't know, I need to discern. I'm like, it's a you're choosing between chicken tenders and a burger. You don't need to discern that. Like just pick, just make a decision. So like you can over spiritualize these types of things. And the reality is the Lord wants us to be human. Mm-hmm. He wants us to be fully human. He took on our humanity to redeem it. He does not want us to be angels, and I think that's a tendency to over-spiritualize things is that we desire to be angelic. No,
2: we need to be human, and that's that. Yeah, that makes sense, I think. Um, I used to think that <laughs> when we died, we became angels, and I, when I learned that wasn't the case, it was, took me a while to get over that, but you're right, we're not yeah. angels. So. Hallmark lied to us, man. Mm, Hallmark lied to us. Yep. <laughs> so, And the last thing that I mentioned is, is that is the idea of screens and not the idea, uh-huh. but the reality of screens, and I just literally mean that phones, uh, TV, computers, all of that. When we're when we're kind of when we wire our brains or allow our brains to be wired by this sort of flashing lights and sounds and instant gratification and two minute YouTube clips and blah blah blah, all the rest, listening to a podcast, kidding. Uh, all of those kind of things, um yeah, I know right. All of those things uh condition us to react to external stimuli in a particular way. It makes it much harder to quiet down, to settle the mind, to just be with our lord in silence and in prayer so i'm not saying like never pick up your phone but i am saying like maybe recognize that you know as as a pitfall or a thing of spiritual suicide that screens don't help us settle they don't help us quiet our mind they don't help create a contemplative um a contemplative sort of disposition which we can't just walk into prayer and think i'm going to do it and then just get back into like there it's all of a piece like father joseph Anthony said we're body and soul all of a piece it's a kind of this sounds new agey, but kind of a holistic <laughs> approach to things that we need to take. Well, screens lie to us, man.
1: Like, let's let's not like get away from that. Like, the screens are, are liars, and the the thing is that they they project the fact that we are in control. Like, I get to choose the content that I watch. I get to you know choose these types of things. I I get the uh, entertainment that I want on demand and all that. But they're all liars. Because they're the ones like the algorithm feeds us the content that we want and the ads and then it's it's just a whole mess and so I think it does perpetuate that kind of uh, maybe overemphasis on my own control of things I get to decide I'm the autonomous one I'm I'm the one who's in control of this when at the end of the day the spiritual life is about surrendering to God Himself and that's why you know an overabundance of screen use can be really detrimental and yeah put the screen down go take a walk like just go you know I mean this is you want you just had your new agey moment I'll take my new agey moment go take a walk touch a tree maybe hug a tree I don't care that's real mm-hmm. life like the the reality is our uh our fingertips like touch the screens more than they touch anything else in this world and that's disturbing absolutely disturbing so um I feel like I could talk on that forever, but we're going to close that segment. Uh, Now with just a few minutes left, we don't want to leave you in like total disarray as our listeners uh, thinking about, well, this is awful. Now, what do I do? Well, you figure it out, right? No, no, we're going to give you some, uh, some things that you can rely upon things that you can um, really uh, lean upon as you are trying to maybe correct or counteract some of these um, actions that, that will really cause great spiritual harm in our life. So. What's maybe the first thing that we can rely upon?
2: Yeah, I think here is more of a sort of disposition than a thing, but just make mention of it um, an overarching kind of thing, and that's to be patient, um, to be patient with yourself, to be patient with your expectations, um, but persevere. You know, it's this, again, it's again, commit properly, you know, so um, don't don't use every kind of twist and turn of your prayer life as a sort of sign that everything's great and never gonna be wrong or everything's wrong and never gonna be great. But be patient in showing up to prayer, be patient in your um ridding yourself of vice and, and growing in virtue because it's what you know ultimately it's what our Lord wants. He wants you to grow in virtue and mm-hmm. holiness. So he's at work. Um, but it's his time. It's it's not ours. So that's an overarching thing. But I would say besides that, as things, as what Father Joseph Anthony was saying, um, we have to rely on the things that we that the guaranteed things, the things that have been promised to us where we receive Christ and his grace. And that's first and foremost, the sacraments are, we're called to have a relationship with the church through the sacraments. Um, And regular reception of the sacraments is is the most assured way that we grow in holiness because our Lord promises his Mm -hmm. grace in them. So mass and the Eucharist and sacrament of penance as regular parts of our life. If you want to grow in holiness, you have like those, those are the bare bones. There's nothing else that that's uh everything else hangs on that. There's nothing else that you can build on but for the sacramental life. Um and then just the last thing is is forming your mind and your heart. Um, mm-hmm. you know, taking time to learn about the faith, to learn about God, but also to to love him better through prayer, through study, through reading a book, through reading something on the saints, you know, rely on these kind of regular kind of formation of spiritual habits. But um I think those are great places to start, to 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 trust that like even if I'm having a really terrible day or terrible week or year or whatever, like these things don't change. They're perennial. They're promised to us. God is faithful Mm -hmm. in them and through them. You you mentioned the word there that is absolutely
1: key here. And that is promise. Like the Lord, the Lord has promised his presence, his mercy, his love, forgiveness, his grace uh, in these areas. And it's so important to be able to engage in that. And that, that's the, that's the, the heart. And that's the, Kind of the the matter of the virtue of hope is God as he has promised himself. So it's good then to actually familiarize yourself with the promises of God. And this comes back to forming the mind, you know, reading scripture and seeing the promises that the Lord does make to us that he's, he's faithful to. Whether we're faithful to it or not, he's the one who is faithful, and that's the reality. So taking that opportunity to truly, like, allow our, our minds and our habits to be formed by God, specifically as he has promised himself, to grow in hope and to, uh, to be dependent on the sacraments, um, that's going to take you and uh, in, in going to provide the most stable uh, union with the Lord and growth in the spiritual life. So I agree. Well. We want to uh, <laughs> thank you for listening uh, and spending time with us today as we talked about these, uh, these topics and, and, and these issues, and hopefully that you enjoyed it. Um, please like and subscribe uh, wherever uh, you're listening, uh, in whatever platform you're using right now. Please like and subscribe. It really helps us. If you're able to comment, please do that as well. That, that definitely is a huge help to us. And share this episode. Take a moment and, and send it to a friend, a family member, a classmate that you think uh, could could benefit from from this type of discussion. Uh, we want to take a special moment and thank our Patreon supporters for helping us to, uh, to be able to grow this podcast, to continue to do this, and to give us that kind of consistent, stable support. So we definitely want to thank you. If you're interested in joining that group of supporters, please check out our website. And speaking of our website, we have a few retreats coming up this summer. All the information can be on are found on our website, God'sPlanning.org. So, thank you for uh, spending the time with us, and know that you're in our prayers as we continue on. God bless you.
0: Thanks for listening to God's Planning, a work of the Dominican Friars of the Province of Saint Joseph. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Leave a review on your podcast app, and visit us at God'sPlanning.org.